You're listening to DraftKings Network. Also, before we start, I've been mirroring my thing, and I think that's what's making me look kind of fucked up on YouTube. So I stopped doing it today. So I'm going to see what happens. <laughs> we can put this in. Let's put this in the audio, too, or, or whatever. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just letting you guys know I'm having an identity crisis. Okay. <laughs> Hey, everybody, welcome back to Too Many Men. My name is Allison, and as always, I am so happy to be joined by the style maven, the creatively writing evaluation of NHL style talent, and all hockey style talent, let's be honest here, Sarah Sivian. Sarah Sivian, the style rankings have come out. Your queendom is upheld. How are you today? I just love to be back. I love the community of the style rankings. It's like the fun people in the NHL that want to, like, it, it's so not serious. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, the style rankings. Like, I, did, I don't know. Sometimes I worry that I'm hyping it up too much, but it's about having fun, which we rarely do. So we're having fun. And we are not too many men if we don't have the entrepreneurial, the enterprise writing, the creative idea generating in fantasy, hockey, and hockey of all kinds, NHL, European, and women's, Shayna Goldman. Shayna, say hi. Hi. All right. It's great to be back, my <laughs> friends. Awesome. Y'all, hockey is happening around us. It is happening around us as we speak, <laughs> and we have tons of things to break down. We must start with Sarah Sivian's favorite segment. Sarah, what is it? Bit on news. <laughs> Bit on news, friends. And let me just tell you, this week, the NHL is broken, my friends. There is a list of players who are out of games to be coming soon, be it because of injury or because of just shenanigans, um, which takes us first to Evgeny Kuznetsov, who was suspended one game for some shenanigans in Washington. Uh, Patrick Laine is out a few weeks uh, due to a uh, elbow injury. Uh, Bertuzzi is out in Detroit with an upper body injury. I believe that's supposed to be a little bit longer term. It always affects the Leafs, my friends. Goaltender Matt Murray out with a hip injury. Aaron Ekblad out with a groin injury. And the Avalanche Captain Landeskog out three months with a knee. And then the Caps also announcing that Connor Brown is out long term with a lower body injury. I don't know, friends. Do we even have complete NHL rosters anymore? Who's to say? Shayna. Which one of these injuries jumps out and grabs your attention for its impact on the team which the player is with? I think the Connor Brown one's tough because he is essentially an injury replacement, but like we got to talk about Aaron Eckblad. That's the one because the Florida Panthers, we've talked about them a lot in their team defense and the impact of losing Mackenzie Weger. And right here, we're going to see that impact more than ever because every time Eckblad's been out long term with an injury, which has happened the last few years, who stepped up? Mackenzie Weger. Who Where's is he? Calgary. Oh, interesting. Not Florida. Busy, busy, busy thriving, you know, <laughs> in Calgary. And the thing with him is like, 
I don't think he gets a lot of credit for himself individually. It's always Ekblad and Uyghur together when he's such a good defenseman in himself. And I think it was a mistake to trade him, honestly. Now we're going to see exactly why, because someone like Forsling can step up without Ekblad, but now Forsling's the number one instead of the two or three that he's used to. You're going to have guys like Gudis and Mark Stahl stepping up for a team that isn't great defensively as a team and doesn't have amazing goaltending. So I feel like this is a huge test for them to see, like, is the best defense a good offense? Because maybe they can, you know, weather it that way, just outscore their problems. But I really don't know. Subtle, subtle drop of, of some hot takes there, Shayna, that you think it was a bad trade. I find that interesting. We'll have to explore that one. It's just the Uyghur part. Like, I like Kachuk <laughs> just, for just that, part. just that little part. I, le- I love Kachuk to Florida. I think that's great. And I think moving Huberto before signing that deal. But, like, Uyghur is legitimately a you know, a top pair defenseman and you have a <laughs> blue line. Have two and... defensemen. Yeah. <laughs> One of deeper. which is Mark Stahl. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? It's Lucas Carlson season now. We're going to have to see how he does. And like, it, it's just, it's wild to me. Like that, that is a huge loss and they don't have the assets or the cap space to bring in anybody else. Like maybe don't sign, you know, two goalies to be worth $14 million combined. Just a thought. Sarah. What's your pick for the most impactful injury of the list that we've got? It's probably going to double by the time the episode comes out, too. (laughs) Who's to say? But right now, who do you think is the most impactful injury? Well, I want to thank Kuznetsov for still, without Tom Wilson, we wondered if the Capitals could get their early suspension out of the way. But Kuznetsov stepped up to the plate, so thank you to him. Um, Line A, that stinks, because my style rankings, he put too much elbow grease into the style. That's the elbow (laughs) injury there. Just kidding. But I'm excited. Johnny Hockey is Johnny Hockeying. I want to see it all click together. Um, I mean, I do have to go with Matt Murray, though. We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. It didn't go well, and then it got worse. Uh, Wish you the best. (laughs) Yeah. Toronto. Toronto. I I mean, honestly, listen, folks, it can't not be about the Leafs. Matt Murray is my pick, too. Like, this was already... To be clear, I feel horrible for him. Like, this player has just had, like, the roughest of roads, and I think it totally sucks. But from an NHL narrative perspective, like, seriously, like, this is peak Leafs. Like, he's out now. Like, they're cap-strapped in terms of getting talent up there. They've lost to Montreal and to Arizona. Like, this is insane. They, the coyote, You know what's bad when the Coyotes are having, like, a... NCAA like graphic that's like since 2002 we've always gotten a point in Toronto I don't know what it is hockey's (laughs) weird sometimes it's beautiful we love it but we don't love it for Matt Murray (laughs) (laughs) and I will say um it came out of Columbus on Wednesday that I guess Patrick Laine was out uh lightly skating and and not shooting full force but this sucks for him because Columbus is one of the two teams going over. I don't know what all these freaking series are called anymore. The one where they're going to Europe. The second one, because they already went to Europe. But this one is in Finland. Oh. And it's literally like right up against the deadline for him to return. And this is obviously his home country. So I hope that he can play because I think that would be that, like special. That's just cool, you know. It's, so, it's such a moment. Think of the it's, outfits. It's a- <laughs> Oh my Please. god. 
See a stylish well, he, family. He can still him. get dressed, Sarah. It's not like he's just... <laughs> it's not the same. I think he'll play. I mean, come on. He's playing. I'm yeah. like, can we can we right now we're gonna say it. He's playing. You can trust us. He's playing. We can guarantee unless his elbow literally explodes, he's playing that game. Even if he well, just plays one game, one shift. Well, yeah, we, he, maybe he'll just skate around and not shoot and just <laughs> skate. Who's maybe, to say? He'll have his Steven Stamkos moment where he hops off oh, the bench, yes. scores a goal, gets back, and just starts, like, fucking rallying the troops while he's on the bench. Why not? He'll just start, like, screaming finish, like, chants or things. And, start like, singing. Have a so great me. time. <laughs> Sarah. Isn't it swomey? I thought it would, that you say the oh, you more. Do you maybe. not? Maybe. Fins, let us know. Fins, correct us. We don't know. Please. Oh, we welcome. I'm sure you'll have no problem correcting us because... <laughs> Apparently, I tweeted out a gif of Johnny Gaudreau's goal last night, and I was informed it was not a, a gif of Johnny Gaudreau's goal. A what? Yep. And I was wow. informed by multiple people that apparently that was not a good goal, a pretty goal. That was nothing special by Johnny Gaudreau, just so we're clear. Nothing, spe- <laughs> nothing special, and literally, that game, they would not have won last night if he didn't tie the score by by scoring right there, right? that It wasn't the go-ahead goal, it was the tying goal? Correct. Correct. Yeah. It was a but great goal. I saw no one comment this on the men who tweeted out. Never. The goal, I just would like to say. But any of these other injuries stand out to y'all in terms of impact? I mean, we we didn't, none of us mentioned because obviously narratives, but I mean, Landeskog's a big one. I mean, what are your thoughts there? I mean, obviously Colorado is a very strong team, but this is not only a significant player, but also their captain. It's different this year for Colorado because last year, if they lost, when they did lose him, they still had Kadri down the middle of the second line. So they had Kadri and Nachushkin or, you know, then it was Kadri and Lekkanen, you know, Burakovsky was there. They had that support. And this year they took the risk going with Newhook and Abby's brother totally can live up to the role. We know that, but it obviously helps to have elite wingers. And, you know, right now he has Nachushkin because Lekkanen's playing with McKinnon, I believe. But Landis Gog there is a big difference from pretty much anybody else Colorado could put there. So while I think they'll be fine, and this is if, look, if he's fresh for the playoffs, you know, after this, that's the best thing that they can do. But this is a huge loss right there. And that middle six got a lot weaker. Sarah, any thoughts on Colorado? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you just hate to see that at the beginning of the season. There's not much else to say. It stinks. Uh, I think Colorado's still going to Colorado when it's early enough that what they don't have to put him on injured reserve. So that's a good sign. 100%. All right. We had some other big news. And uh, for those of you who did not see the 18,000 simultaneous tweets from every enterprise writer of the NHL every time a piece of news came out of this meeting, uh, there was a four-hour board of governors meeting earlier this week um, when basically it's kind of like a summit um, with the league and, and owners and, and things and GMs of this nature. Um I am reading a tweet from Pierre Lebrun. Uh, Gary Bettman, after a four-hour Board of Governors meeting, tells the assembled media here in New York City that the escrow balance likely will be paid off at the end of the season by players. And if so, the salary cap will jump this summer by around $4 million. But if not fully paid, the cap goes up just $1 million. And originally, that $1 million number is what most of us were hearing for an incremental salary increase. Shana, you are our cap expert. Can you break this down for us, explain what this means, and, and maybe just comment on how 
certain you are that will see a greater increase than that one million that people were originally talking about going into the year? So escrow exists because the owners and the players have a 50-50 split and they have to reconcile it some way. You know, no matter the split, it might be one way or the other. So if teams are generally up against the cap and hockey revenues aren't what they're projected to be, which they generally are not because the NHL is not great at generating revenues and projecting this number. Um, the players tend to own uh, owe the owners more, and it's taken in four quarters, and then you know it's X amount is withheld, and then they can reconcile it at the end of the year to see how much the owners get. So the last couple years, obviously, teams have been very cap strapped because no one expected the cap not to go up, and they were anticipating that as they signed their contracts. So you know it's been tough for everyone, and the NHL hasn't had the best revenues because no fans in the stands and things like that and the general suckiness at generating money. So uh, now if, you know, they can figure that balance out by the end of the year, then the cap goes up, which is what all the players are obviously going to want. But that means they're going to lose a chunk of their salary as per usual this year. And to be clear there, too, obviously the split is the hockey-related revenue. And part of the problem, as Shana said, is most of the NHL's money, and this is not how most other major sports operate, comes from the gate. So ticket sales. So that's part of why they were hit more significantly in terms of overall proportion compared to other leagues with the pandemic because there were not fans in stands and that's the majority of their revenue stream. Sarah, you were excited to hear the cap was going up. Your thoughts? Yeah, every time I complain about this, I get a text from insiders in the league who have my number and text me sometimes. And, Ooh, and they explain- Mic drop. That like it's the player's choice kind of because they had to get paid during the pandemic. And like you said, with the gate revenue, it's all tied together. But the reason it's a player's choice and that there was a choice at all is because it is so uh, the situation. It's like it, it just needs to be more national league. You know what I mean? So I am really happy that this is about to jump up. I'm conditioned to expect the worst. So I hope it's 4 million. That would be huge. I really, really hope, I guess, I mean, Bettman was making his world tour saying that everybody did way better than expected, like record profits, as if like we all jump for joy, the workers, when there's record profits, but we don't make money. So I'd like to see the 4 million. <laughs> to us directly, actually. Yeah, give me yes. $4 million. <laughs> Gary Bettman. And we're seeing, I mean, it's kind of petering out through some teams and people have floated out there that we're going to see a lot of this this year that with this cap situation and with teams having what they have in terms of roster and depth and available money, that we're going to see situations where teams aren't even necessarily icing a full roster now. Shane, I don't know if you have any comment on that of where we're seeing, you know, five defenders and 11 forwards and 20 guys out on a roster as opposed to 23. Thoughts? I mean, sometimes you look at it and you go, a team really didn't handle their cap situation well. And I think like Vegas last year is the team you could easily point to the nights that they didn't have. The nights that didn't have, the nights didn't, the nights that the (laughs) nights didn't have a full lineup. Fuck. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, It's it's a day. Um, But it's interesting to me how teams can get creative with it. Uh, I would like to see teams go, fuck it, we're going to go five defenders and just start rolling forwards on defense. And that stuff, obviously, we're talking about the Leafs with that. That was something that happened in preseason in some games, too. So it's going to be interesting. And we'll see how teams manage their contract situation, too. Who wants to be up near the 50? Who tries to be, you know, with three free spaces? And this is why, again, we're talking about the Leafs, but their goalie situation had to do with that as well. Sarah, any thoughts on roster creativity? Do, I mean, are teams 
sometimes teams do shit just to send a message, right? Like to force the hand of sometimes the league. I mean, do you think teams should be doing more to try and work around where they currently are financially? Or is this really what it is roster-wise? No, this really is what it is. And I, and I feel like we saw this with the Canes. I don't know if it was last year or the year before at this point, but they had to Time play is a flat several men short because they couldn't call anybody up and people were available. And it's just because of like the money that had... the. COVID obviously impact everything. And then they had the people got COVID and got sick. And it's like they, they weren't allowed to play for 10 days and then they were healthy and they couldn't come back. And it's like uh, that rule is fair, of course. And I was all for that at the time. But at the same time, you don't give them a taxi squad. You don't give them anything. And I, I feel like we're veering towards everybody is so close to the cap that it's just it makes the product lesser and it's kind of ridiculous. And I, I, it, I commend teams that can circumvent the cap for better, lack of a better word but it's like it, we all lose when we spend our time penny pinching indeed indeed well we have one more what's it called sir um the div- bit oh bit of news I thought there we it is the specific bit of news <laughs> well the, the specific bit of news um is that in concert with this board of governors meeting uh the nhl also released their diversity report um I went through the deck that was sent out through uh, their media email. Um, They are obviously wanting, and and as any organization would, um, they're putting a positive spin on the growth of women, not only working in organizations, but also in terms of their fandom. I believe the stat, you guys keep me honest, was four in 10 fans watching NHL hockey are now women. Gosh, there must be just a ton of women looking for hot men on skates. I don't know. Um, but uh, the diversity port was was released. Um, you know, I am excited to see more women working in teams, but I think it's important that the nuance there is to look at where in teams are women working and making sure that those women are throughout organizations and not just in departments that maybe historically have skewed to a more female-driven workforce. Um, But there's been obviously a lot of commentary on this report. Shana, what was your reaction to the report and thoughts, and and what does this tell us about the league, and where is the league doing a good job, and where maybe do they need to be better? The league used pie charts. And they weren't even, did you see, they weren't even circles. Like, the bottom was like, it was bad. Expanded. They were not good visuals. True, true uh, organization right here. Like, what a what a model they made for everybody. And a um, dark blue and a black. Did you notice that too? It was yeah, very it hard to good. see. It wasn't yeah. good at all. And it's like, do you not test run this somehow, some way? Like, you have so many creative people in the league. You can figure out something better. Um, the report, like you said, like it's nice to see more women working in organizations. I think this last summer was really promising with a lot uh, being promoted to the assistant general manager level and things like that. I want to see that progress. Uh, as for fans, it would be very nice if the league and those who partner and work with the league do a better job at representing what they want their fan base to look like. So I don't know, maybe don't slap pink and sparkles on everything for women on NHL.com. Have uh, broadcasts, you know, that have women on it and not just in the traditional roles uh, as the media people. Like, that's why it's so important to have women who are analysts like, I don't know. 
you, Allison, and AJ Malesko, like these are the roles we need to see a lot more often. Um, I want to be able to flip on, you know, we're going to watch a national game tonight on TNT. I want to see women on that panel. We're going to watch games on ESPN. I want to see women featured more often, and they have done a good job with their hiring, but I just think there's a lot of room for more, and I think that's how you bring in fans. And I think it goes to outside media companies as well, that when you look at their base of writers, how many women do they have on staff actually covering the game, that's really important. So the more visibility for anyone that's not a white man in any facet is going to be a good thing. And and yeah, I mean, the report also focused and, and we want to make sure that we articulate that for us, this is not just about women and their presence and their voice. This is about any underrepresented community. Uh, we have the NHL does not have a representative sample in terms of the organizations and their business of people of color of people of different sexual identities, or at least who feel comfortable identifying as so. Sarah, what were your thoughts on the diversity report? Yeah, I have a few, and I like grapple lately with how sometimes when things come out about the NHL or whatever it is, I jump to criticize it, but I guess that's my job. Um, I don't know, <laughs> like I, I criticize something because I love it and I want it to improve. But anyway, I have a few bones to pick with the way that they tried so hard to paint this in a good light. It said they did, the NHL for the first time has done an internal demographic study. Yeah, they're the only league that doesn't comply with all the other major sports leagues that do external demographic studies. And they're like, yay, first time. I'm like, this should not be the first time they're doing this. But yeah, 80, they're bearing the lead of 83.6 of the NHL's workforce being white. So... I don't know, I could say mean things about white women. I guess I can't, I am one, but I, I just don't think that is truly. Hey, Taylor Swift says most of her yeah. motivation comes from self-loathing, so it's yeah. okay. Yeah, exactly. Oh God, that album is coming out, I'm not ready. But yeah, just, there's a lot of work to be done. Um, I mean, it's a good start that they're getting this data out there. It's The irony isn't lost that even the criticisms of this, uh, that like there are too many white men in the league are the columns are coming from white men. Um, maybe let women be senior reporters and report on things like this, just saying. And also I want to say that there's more women fans now because there's more room to have more fans in general. They're like the growing, fastest growing sport. Yeah, because there's so much to grow. And they just got new TV deals. So I'm just saying sometimes it's important to look at context. I am... It is a positive thing happening, but there are contexts that we can't ignore if we're being honest. 100%. 100%. Uh, so there we are. That's bit o news for you on this episode. Um, but again, y'all, we're sticking with that hockey because hockey is back. And so this episode, uh, we wanted to talk about some, we were going to talk about good teams. But then as we put together our notes, we realized that what's fun about this is yeah, maybe some of these we expected to be good, but some of these were like, oh, hey, hello. So um, let's run through just kind of rapid fire style. Um, some teams and the narratives that are kind of fun right now with some of the better teams that are going on in the league. Um, we've got Boston out to an impressive start. Now, granted, they did lose to Ottawa last night, um, but Boston was not necessarily projected to have a good start, particularly with some significant injuries affecting their lineup. Uh, Sarah, you're up in that neck of the woods. Is Boston impressing you right now? Yeah, and for the record, 
I said that they were going to be underrated and look at the data of our four lovely games. But I, I do think David Pasternak <laughs> is playing for a contract. I don't know how much more money he can make. Jesus Christ, that man's on a tear. Bergeron's back, hasn't missed a beat. Marchand's skating again, so even like they, they, we haven't got a full picture. The goaltending is going to be key there. Olmark had a few good saves, I mean, over the course of the past few games anyway, so I'm a fan of that. I really like him. Like, not that I'm getting to know people that well when I'm around here, but he has a good little attitude about him, so glad to get to know him a little bit more. And Jake DeBrusque, that's my boy. That is my boy, and he has scored so many goals since – he has been moved to the first line and he has his confidence back and we love a JDB with a swagger back. <laughs> Another team that I, I don't know, I'm not necessarily surprised by, um, but some people may be, um, and that's the New York Rangers. Juggernauts, if you will. Uh, again, goaltending remains superior. Artemi Panarin has what now, Shayna? 10 points? Is it still 10, 10 or has he added 20 in the last, since the five minutes we last updated this? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but the Rangers, Shayna, walk us through what's happening there. So they're really good. It's every it's everything that they were doing last year that made them successful. That power play is so strong and it's even better with Trocheck on it versus Ryan Strom because he's a little bit better defensively, which makes sense if you're playing in the slot. And he's a little bit quicker to shoot, which was always the issue with Strom. Like they have a pro- their problem is that everyone outside of Kreider on that top unit is right-handed, and you could really tell when you looked at their shot locations that they were missing someone with that left-handed shot to quickly shoot. And the fact that they moved Panarin over to the right, he was in such a passing position. But it's working because now you have Zabanajad, Kreider, and now Trocheck. So it's there's a little bit less expectation on there. And even when you know you expect Zabanajad to shoot the puck, he's set up by such a good pass that it's so unstoppable there um and even strength play is the weakness for them and that's been way better as well uh you know like their defenses looked good Kendra Miller and Truba look good uh when they have Zach Jones in the lineup the third pair is a little you know a little more functional but up front it's players like Panarin who are you know last year he had the points but he didn't have to play below the surface he is thriving this year he's shooting he's passing he's you know elite in transition you have Zabanajad who's you know firing on all cylinders and you know looked like one of the best centers in the world already like a couple you know games ago and you're like oh okay like that's something um so it's super impressive and now the kids Kako and you know Lafreniere are scoring so that's pretty huge for them this is no surprise uh I saw them firsthand a couple days ago. Carolina, after opening at home against Columbus, is just leisurely trolling around through their West Canada trip, which what a gift that is schedule-wise, my gracious goodness. Um, Sarah, you used to cover the hurricane, so you have familiar- familiarity with the team historically. Is this just what we expected, or have you, have you seen the Canes take a step or being in the process of taking a step? Everyone has them as a legit cup contender this year. Yeah, I mean, it's their fewest goals allowed through this many games in franchise history. That's saying a lot. I mean, it's broad Brindamore hockey, but it's also Freddie Anderson. He's been playing a lot. I My biggest question just always comes down to, is he going to be healthy at the play? And that's so annoying to have to keep bringing up, you know, but that's just the question of this. That's the only question of this team. Yeah, they look, they look good. They look complete. 
Um, and that that was probably the most impressive thing I took away from from seeing them in person a couple days ago. Um, we have one other West team, um, and for me, the, it was interesting, right? Because the Flames and the Golden Knights played last night, and so that was an interesting game to watch because the Knights went up early, and then the Flames come back to win that game. And Shana, you alluded to it already. The trade that went down that allowed it was a big part of allowing the Flames to reload and stay in the contender conversation this year what are you seeing from calgary the flames look really good so far and like in their earlier games they did play colorado and they played edmonton and it was like whether they can maintain the lead so i think the win versus the golden knights is encouraging because now they're showing how they can come from behind which is something they were really good at last year too uh Tyler Toffoli looks way better now that he has a good passer setting him up. It's something he was missing last year and the year before he did have, which is why he had such a strong season. Kadri really fits down the middle of the second line. And you can see that they have more than one source of offense. That's the biggest thing of it. And now the third line is slotted way more appropriately as a third line versus a second line. So I think that just overall is putting them in a much better position. Rapid fire, just name any team also that maybe is surprising you as looking better than you expected. Any team stand out to you, Sarah? The Flyers. <laughs> hey, now. Uh, here's here's one for you. Buffalo. Yep. Shayna, who's yours? I was going to say the Flyers, and then quickly I was like, all right, Buffalo, and then you took that too, so, you know. Welcome to my life, I, so what's yours? Fuck. Um, <laughs> who looks, oh, Dallas. Let's talk about Dallas for a sec. They look good. There you go. So there's, there's some picks for teams <laughs> to watch, friends, um, and some teams that are impressing us as being hashtag good with very insanely small sample size that actually means nothing. So here we are. <laughs> Everyone's winning the cup. Um, all right, guys, it is time to end every episode as we historically do. It is time for Fuck, Mary Kill. And this episode's Fuck, Mary Kill comes from Twitter user at LazyTown716, which honestly, who among us? So here we go. Uh, for Fuck, Mary Kill, Sarah, you are going to be up first. You ready? Ready. New, damn it, I'm going to have to go last. It's going to piss me <laughs> off. Here we go. New coaching hires Torts, Quinn, Cassidy. Go. We're obviously marrying torts. I love not just what's happening on the ice. No, and sometimes team, it, like it's a battle of averages where they'll eventually get bad. Like it's kind of like regression. But for now, we're enjoying the highs and we're having fun. And I love torts' honesty. Like that leads the way with all these quotes where he's saying, no, we don't have an identity, but we need to build one. I'm fucking Cassidy. I mean, I think that was a great coaching hire, but I don't think this guy, like, they, they, they're falling into the trap where, like, one guy can fix all your issues. I don't think the issues are about the coach there. I am killing Quinn. I'm so sorry. I love you from the BU days. I just, like, this is not really working out. <laughs> sorry, man. Shana, go. I am fully agreeing. Um, David Quinn, I... I don't blame him so much for the Sharks. I blame management. And honestly, the last year, it's just been really confusing. All of their moves are totally different directions. And I think with Quinn, honestly, I would like to see him as an assistant coach or have really strong tactical assistance. That's what I think he needs to thrive. I don't know if he's in a good position to succeed at all. So it's not his fault, but sorry. Um, Cassidy was a good fit for Vegas. Unsurprisingly, it's clicking. Um, 
I think that he can do a lot for their power play, which they really do need the help with. They have too much skill to be bad on the power play. And some of the lineup balance has been working for them. But again, like Sarah said, his job wasn't the toughest, not for nothing. And I will marry Torts, who I think has one of the toughest jobs of any coach coming in because there were so many issues in Philadelphia last year. Some of it was from Vigneault, a mess he's cleaned up before. Some of it was from everything that happened after they changed coaches. Um as well and I think it was such it was an interesting choice for him to go to the Flyers because you're like they don't look like a contender they're not going to be a contender anytime soon that's what you expect him to like want to be with but it's the challenge of that team that's so interesting for me for how you know like for what he's taking on I like how he's handling the challenge and like you mentioned Sarah the honesty with everything because I'm, I'm tired of coach speak it's nice to hear him be blunt and I think everyone takes the sound bites and run with it but when you actually listen to the entire sentence you're like this is really insightful and interesting I am also going to agree I have no disagreements and I think the most important point the only thing that could sway me to kill Cassidy is I'm with both of you very much in that I mean honestly we're going to give him full credit for this like Mark Stone is healthy. Like, come on. Like, what are we talking about here? You have Jack Eichel now playing. Like, this is not a salvation or a reclamation project, I should say. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because San Jose hasn't given their coach enough. Vegas has almost given their coach too much luxurious gifts. And torts is torts. So, obviously, pro torts podcast over here at Too Many Men. We love the Leafs and we love torts. Um, there you go. There it is, folks. Put it on a print it on a t-shirt, Shayna. We're getting there. We're, we are going to have some new merch soon. If I say it on the pod, it guilts Shayna further into making it happen. So. I'm making it happen. Okay. We're perfect. getting a fuck Mary Kill shirt, and we will get this as a pro Maple Leafs pro torts podcast. Maybe that's even our fucking episode title: Pro Leafs pro torts. <laughs> Everyone could look at me have, like, what the fuck? We already have pro a choice. title. We oh, we have, have a title because you do. Yeah, that, of course. Yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> All right, my friends, did we miss anything else? No. All right. Well, we've teased the merch enough. You can buy it. Check it out. The link is in our Twitter bio. It's also on our webpage. And our Twitter is at two underscore much underscore man. Follow us. Give us your FMK nominations. Give us the topics you want to hear about it. Tell us how we look beautiful on the YouTube and tell us why our take, tell us why our takes are just not good because our breasts prevent us from analyzing (laughs) hockey. Um, We're going to have another episode to follow this up talking about the flip side, teams that maybe aren't doing so well. So you want to check that out uh, tomorrow. But until then, my friends, be kind to one another. Make space in hockey for everyone because that is what the sport is supposed to be about. And we will talk to you soon. Love you. Bye.